the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, 25 minutes until 8 o'clock. Joining us by phone is none other than District 4 Congressman Bruce Westerman. Haven't talked to the congressman in a while. And how are you doing, Congressman? How are how are things shaking out for you right now? Hey, good morning, Dave. I'm, I'm doing well. And, you know, I was thinking the same thing when... Uh when i called in it's been a while since i've talked to my friend dave yeah it has been and i'd like to get it set up that maybe we have uh hill on at 705 to 730 and you from 735 to eight o'clock and let me uh, get with uh, your your handlers and see if we can make that work yeah that may be a hard act to follow for me but i would, ah. I would be glad to visit with you on a regular basis <laughs> yeah well that's because you and uh and, and french don't get along yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a he's a good guy. Yeah. I'm really honored to serve with him and the rest of our delegation. We've got some uh, uh, good folks that uh, I've gotten to know and really appreciate. Well, it's pretty amazing if if some things would shake out good for us. For instance, if we would take back the House, we hold the Senate. I mean, uh, Senator Bozeman would be uh, head of the Agriculture Committee. I don't know exactly what Tom Cotton would be doing exactly. You might end up being head of, what, forestry? Is that what I heard? On the natural resources. Natural Maybe resources, yeah. Sees over forestry and energy and a lot of uh, a lot of those issues in the House side. Yeah, so, that'd be a, that would, I yeah. mean, you know, when you look at Arkansas and what we got going on here, we're small state and yet our congressional delegation is having uh, really a big effect on what's happening in D.C. Well, like I said, we've we've got a good group, and uh, uh, you know I don't, I don't mean to say this is bragging, but I guess it kind of is. But other states uh, kind of I think look up to what Arkansas does with our congressional delegation, um, and you know Senator Bozeman and Senator Cotton. Uh, do a great job over in the Senate. You got Steve Womack, who is, uh, uh, you know, on the Appropriations Committee, will probably be a, a what they call a cardinal head of one of the 12 subcommittees on appropriations. He's already been the chairman of the Budget Committee and serves as a ranking member on it now. And then uh, Rick Crawford's in position to potentially be chairman of the Ag Committee yeah. in the House as well. So you could... Um, and it you know, it comes with uh, hard work and experience and and uh, you know getting to know other members and gaining that respect. So we've got a a pretty solid delegation up there right now. Well, Steve Olmack could in, end up being in in charge up there. I mean, he could be the main uh, uh, committee chair if uh, you all could win the house back. Yeah, uh, Kay Granger from Texas is a ranking member on appropriations right now, and she's in her first term. We, we're limited to three terms as chairman or ranking member, but um, and you know I assume she's she's planning to come back and and go for that. But uh, uh, being a uh, 
subcommittee appropriations chairman's a big deal up there as well. Yeah, I agree. And, and like I said, Steve's already been the budget committee chairman, so he's he's very highly respected. And if you if you notice, he when we're in the majority, he does a lot of presiding over the floor. Right. Um, and uh, he's just. Uh, he, I, again, I say I'm very fortunate to serve with the, the folks I get to serve with from Arkansas. And there's a lot of a lot of other good folks from other places, and then there's a lot of them we need to retire <laughs> and get uh, yeah Pelosi, <laughs> so we can get that majority back. Yeah, we need to retire Pelosi. That's for sure. You know, I talked to uh, Congressman Hill a lot about her, and uh, he doesn't have very much good things to say about her. And how about you? I mean this this woman has really led the house uh, as much as she can to the left as you not? Well, you know dave that old saying that uh, if you, if you can't, can't say something good about someone don't say anything at all so we should just go on to the next subject okay move on to the next question okay well that no let's talk about the, the well let's talk about the 800 pound gorilla that's in in the room and yeah. let's talk about the problems that we've got in our country right now uh we've got legitimate protesters uh, who are upset about what happened uh, in Minneapolis uh, just about a week ago. And uh, we have also got some really bad actors uh, that, when the sun goes down, show up. Uh, this is, it's not good for our country. Look, I lived through this one time in 67, 68. I'd rather not remember 2020 as the long, hot summer in the 21st century so what do you think needs to be done, uh, you know, Congressman? What are some things that that uh, the governors have to do? You know, one of the governors leaked out the conversation that they had with the president, and uh, a lot of the left-leaning media picked up on some of the stuff about how tough we had to be. But I'm going to tell you what, when you got people looting and setting people's businesses on fire, you can't go out and coddle them. you got to be tough. Yeah, and you you made a, a great distinction there, Dave, between peaceful protest, which is uh, totally supported by the uh, First Amendment of the Constitution. It's a, a right people have, and when we see what happened in Minneapolis, um, I mean, I can understand people going out and, and protesting that and wanting justice. Uh, and that's that's America. That's why the way our country was founded. But when you start breaking the law that's not that's not what you're allowed to do by the first amendment to protest so yeah uh protesting is fine until you cross the line and start breaking the law and damaging other people's property and that's when uh, the rule of law has to has to come into play so uh it, to me it's pretty clear cut uh, there's a right way to protest and there's a wrong way to protest and you just can't have um, people destroying property and, and in some instances injuring or killing other people and say that's a legitimate activity. Yeah, well, how do you how do you deal with this? I mean, I mean this I this is the first time to be honest that I've ever watched governors literally bow their head and in cowtown and mayors cowtown and, and letting people have run of the streets and as a congressman you're supposed to uphold the constitution in the united states and so 
What do you do? When when does the federal government have to say, enough, if you're not going to do something, we're going to have to pass some laws or pass uh, something to be done so that we get this under control? Yeah, that, that gets into a sticky area in a couple of different ways. Number one is, you know, I'm... I'm, uh, I would consider myself a federalist and want to leave uh, most decisions like that to states and local communities. And I think if if a, a governor or a mayor or whoever is not enforcing the law, then that's reason for uh, them to be taken out of office at the next election. But if you've got immediate unrest, and the the states aren't doing their job, and that's when the the federal government would possibly have to step in. I mean, that's in a sense, it's kind of like what happened at the University of Alabama at Little Rock High School when the state wasn't doing their job. The the uh, president sent in the federal troops to do it. Yeah, it's uh, and I understand it's a, it's a tough subject. The uh, the president's dealing with that. Uh, now, I mean, he he allowed the states to make up their mind when they wanted to reopen, but uh, but Congressman, things are so politicized that I do believe that there are people out there in America that are in, in charge of some of these states that are keeping their keeping their economies closed because they want to hurt this president. Uh, it's hard to imagine, but it's also uh, hard to look at the data and and not uh, think that could be happening. Uh, I've never seen such vitriol and and, uh, and and hatred for a president. And to be fair, he, you know, he's a tough guy. He goes out and he swings. He, <laughs> he swings. He's not going to back down. Yeah, he'll punch you in the um, nose, won't he? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, you know, if you look at the economy before the pandemic, we were seeing. Uh, unbelievable uh, economic results here, mm-hmm. and I think it's possible to get get back to that. And we were seeing a lot of other things uh, uh, changing. And I know uh, I talk to people all the time that uh, the the president's demeanor and his tweets. If I had a had a dollar for everybody that said, "Could you get the president to stop tweeting?" Uh-huh. But then you get there's a lot of people say. Uh, we love it that Trump tweets because that's the only way we get any semblance of the truth uh, with with what the mainstream media does. So it's uh, there. There is division, and uh, we're in un, unsailed waters here, uncharted waters with this pandemic, and now we've got these uh, uh, racial issues going on. But uh, I mean, if, in my opinion, if you look at uh, the president's presumptive opponent joe biden I, I can't imagine that guy sitting at the helm next next go around yeah god help us if he had been in charge i gotta tell you that all right congressman hold yeah, on the best, I, thing, the best thing that can happen for him is uh is for him not to be in the news between now and the election <laughs> and, it, and it looks like they're being successful in keeping him out of the out of the public eye they're keeping him in the basement all right we'll, we'll come back we'll talk further about this on the dave ellswick show we got to get a break in we got our uh, we got Congressman Bruce Westerman on with us. Uh, the congressman has done a fantastic job in his time in Washington D.C. We'll talk further with him when we return. We got traffic and weather for you coming up. Stay with us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. 
All right, uh, just about 10 minutes till 8, our uh, friend Congressman Bruce Westerman has joined us. Congressman, just a couple more questions for you. Uh, one, the president is saying that he wants to make sure that Antifa is designated a domestic terrorist group. How do, how do you see that? Yeah, I thought they are, they already were or should have been, but uh, <laughs> I, I mean, you can't just... Uh, Again, break the law and say you're, uh, uh, you're you've got a just cause in in doing that. With there's a there's a right, right way to protest and there's a wrong way to protest. And when you're destroying property and injuring other people, that's that's not protesting. That's breaking the law. All right. So you 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 are like I am. I think uh, if they're not labeled a domestic terrorist group, they should be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're they're dangerous when people. You, I especially think. when you look at at uh, some of the people that gets labeled by uh, by different groups, uh, and you look at the the offenses of, of some versus the other. So, yeah, I'm I'm one uh, of those former military guys that's white, and I've seen combat. So I'm <laughs> they look at me with kind of crooked eye anyway. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Well. Um, Hopefully, we're going to get through the pandemic, get through the the riots, and sometime or another, things are going to start looking normal again. But it uh, it just seems like the world gets crazier every day, Dave. Yeah, I I agree with you. I I really I really really do agree with you. Uh, and you've got some really tough decisions that you're going to have to make uh, in the future. As soon as Pelosi lets you all go back to work, are you hearing any word of when they're going to? say that you all should show up in washington dc again uh, the official word i think is june 30 okay it's just utterly ridiculous now i got some notifications there uh pelosi and the committee chairman uh under her are wanting to start doing these uh virtual hearings now and uh, i think what republicans are going to do is actually go back to dc and sit in the committee room and do the hearings if if we do them at all but um there's all kinds of underhand stuff taking place that uh is not being reported on at all uh committees are using official resources to have these quote unquote um forums that are actually just like committee hearings and they're not inviting republican witnesses or republicans to the uh, to the hearings they're doing this all online and i get uh i'll get questions from people who are concerned about something that they're talking about in the hearing um because they're portraying this as being an official hearing but they are saying now they're going to start having official hearings and doing them uh, uh online which to me is an affront to the to the Constitution and our country and, you know, all those people who came before us that, uh, you know, the idea of Congress is you meet together. It's a deliberative body. Uh, even the in the times that we've gone back up there to vote, we're so socially distanced that you don't really get a chance to see people and talk to them. And it's made me realize just how much business gets done uh, just visiting with other members and understanding issues and coming together in a committee hearing. Uh, and when you don't get to do that, it almost feels like you're, uh, 
you're on the outside looking in as a voting member of Congress. So what are some other things that people need to know about that the media is not telling us about? You know, bring me up to date. Yeah, well, these these virtual committee forums that they're having and that Natural Resources Committee that I sit on is probably the uh, uh, the most egregious one at doing it. Uh, you know, they're just taking any kind of highly political issue and having a, a, a forum that looks just like a committee hearing, although they're doing it online. Uh, and now they're going to start doing committee hearings that way. Uh, I got a, a text message yesterday from uh, my colleague from across the aisle on the Transportation and Infrastructure Committee asking me if I was ready to uh, pass a, a bill out of our subcommittee. And I replied back to her that, uh, yeah, as soon as I see the bill and know what's in it, but it's just like Pelosi writing these bills in the in her office and putting them on the floor, and it has no input uh, from anyone else. And apparently the committees up there are doing that as well. They're just writing the bills, and uh, I guess they'll want to vote virtually or something as well before this is all over with. But, um, you know, I joined in with a, on a lawsuit uh, a couple of weeks ago. I guess it was last week when I was in D.C., uh, to try to stop the proxy voting, because I, I legitimately believe it's unconstitutional. And, oh, yeah. uh, you know, the speaker changed that rule, and you can change that rule on a simple majority vote. Uh, and, you know, we saw for the first time in American history where members of the House cast their vote and not being in the House chamber. You know, so much that, you know, we've got these voting cards, and you, you're not supposed to even vote by the by the old rules unless you're inside the House chamber. Like, you can't give your voting card to another member and have them vote for you. You're supposed to be present and in the chamber to vote. And, um, you know, there's C-SPAN's live broadcasting the chamber at all times, so it'd be pretty easy to go back and document if somebody voted and they weren't in the chamber. Uh, now, to go from that to uh, being able to sit in your basement in California and vote. Uh, that's just not right. It's dangerous. There's no doubt about it. It's it's setting precedent, and that's really dangerous. Yeah, and it's that uh, you know game of inches, and it's it's something the liberals have learned to play very efficiently, where they uh, they want just a little bit. Now we're just going to do this. It's just temporary. It's not. Uh, you know, it's no big deal. Uh, you know, we've got, in this instance, we got a pandemic. People shouldn't be traveling. We should vote remotely, which makes, you know, it's got a little bit of logic behind it. But in the big picture, what they're doing is they're just moving further away from the Constitution and further away from what uh, or how our country was established. And before you know it, 10 years later, you look back and you think, what happened to our country? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, we see issues like that right now. We there's there's things that have happened in the last 10 years that that 10 years ago we wouldn't have wouldn't have thought those things happened and you can just go further back into history and see it but i think it's more exponentially right now i think they've they've perfected this this game of inches maybe they've made it a game of yards i'm sitting Uh, i'm sitting here i got about a minute left let me ask you one last question let you get a chance to answer it they're saying they want to talk about a stimulus for bill I talked to Congressman Hill about this. 
And, and it's it's my thought that we should find out what stimulus three, two, and one are doing before we decide to start four. How do you see that? Oh, absolutely. It's uh, uh, there's so much money that hasn't been spent out of the last stimulus yet, and you know French is is very much on top of that, being on the oversight committee of of how the money's being spent. And, uh, you know, even in Arkansas, the state's not been able to spend all the money that the federal government uh, sent here. So uh, I think we need to get the economy back up and going and and see what the effects are of the money that we spent before we start increasing the, the debt even more. And, uh, you know, I saw in the Democrat Gazette today, I think the state revenue collections in May were down only $14 million from May of last year, which when you consider the federal government gave the state 1.25 billion um i don't think we need to be pushing too much more money out the door just yet i got you but we appreciate you congressman keep up the good work keep standing strong you do a good job and uh, we look forward to uh, talking to you in the near future yeah, thank you, Dave. I look forward to it as well. Have a have a great day. You do too. All right, let's take a break here. Uh, we'll uh, get the uh, congressman back on in the, in the near future. We're going to try to work it out so that he's on in the seven thirty five hour each week, following up uh, Congressman Hill. And we can. I mean, look, you just learned something that a lot of you know news agencies aren't even reporting on uh, that uh, Congressman Westerman just talked about about people voting you know, from their house in California or whatever. You can't do that because that means who's ever throwing the, the, the vote is in the chamber and you're out in California. How do we know that's really what the person wanted to do? All right. Duck is next here on the Dave Ellswick Show. <laughs> 